are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. I am so thankful to be standing up here before you tonight. How many love the stage and the youth praise team that just sang? My goodness, crushed it. I want to say a big thank you to, of course, our pastors for allowing me the opportunity to be up here, and of course, our youth team for putting most all of this together, and the volunteers that we had as well. I want to thank you. Can we give them a round of applause for putting this together, and the praise team, and all the volunteers that we have this week? Amen. Amen. I am so thankful for them, and I also am thankful for Oxano for allowing me to be your youth pastor and and speak to you. And of course, above all else, I want to thank my wife and my my, uh, little boy, Roman. I'm so thankful for them that they put up for, put up with me and all my mess and all my, uh, all my fun and stuff. If you don't mind, uh, I want you to stay seated for a second. I want to try something here for a moment, so, so please bear with me. I, w- I want you to stand if you're in need of a breakthrough in your life. Don't be ashamed. Don't be worried, uh, okay? If you are in need of something to happen, if you're, if you're being bound by something, by, by an addiction, by a stronghold, by something that may have a hold of you, and you want it, you want it released tonight, I want you to stand. Amen. Amen. I want you to remain standing. I want those who are seated, if you have a family member that does not attend church, that used to attend church, that you would like to see come back in this place, to come back to God and return to their first love, I want you to stand. Amen. I think that's about everybody. If you want to see God do miracles in your life, if you want to see God have a breakthrough in your life, if you want to see God take you further than you've ever been before, why don't you stand if you're you're still seated? I believe in a God who is going to change things, and I believe he's going to start tonight. If you could turn to your Bibles with me to Psalms 59.10, it says, My God and his steadfast love will meet me. He will meet me. And it says, God will let me look in triumph on my enemies. He will let me look in triumph on my enemies. Zechariah 4, or chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Not by might, nor by power, But by the Spirit, by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. I wonder if we can just close our eyes for a moment and just pray over the message that I believe God has given to me to directly speak to you tonight. In Jesus' name, I come before you, Lord, humbly. I come before you, Lord, as a, as a sinner, as, as someone, Lord God, who is unclean and unperfect, Lord God, but you have used me as your vessel tonight. And I pray, God, that you would speak directly through these lips of clay to the situations that are at hand and that you would cause a breakthrough to happen. I pray, God, 
God, that you would call chains to break. I pray, God, that boundaries will be pushed to the side, Lord God, and people will grow closer to you and your desire for their lives. I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen, and you may be seated. Why don't you turn to two or three people and shake their hands before you're seated? Sorry, I told you to sit before that. Amen, amen. A few years ago, the phenomenon known as escape rooms or, or breakout rooms, as, as they're known, uh, hit our culture. Breakout rooms are a, if you don't know, are a physical uh, adventure game in, in which players solve a series of puzzles and riddles using clues, hints, and strategies to complete the objective at hand. Breakout uh, breakout rooms usually consist of a large room in which players are given a set time, usually one hour, to try to escape the room. A few years ago, uh, we were at my father's house, and we were all sitting around, kind of bored, looking for something to do, and we decided, why don't we try one of these escape the rooms? And we decided to look one up and and we, we went over to the web that had an escape room. Everybody knows the web, the family uh, fun center. We've been there a few times with the church. And this escape room, though, was a little bit different. This escape room was called Trapped in a Room with a Zombie. So just to give you a, a, a quick recap of, of what this room entailed is you have 60 minutes to get out of the room. You have to solve all these riddles and puzzles that are scattered throughout the room. But the, the key thing here is inside that room with you is a zombie. And the zombie is chained by his hands. And he would come out. And if he happened to touch you, you would be out and you, out of the game and you would have to go sit on the side and you can't participate anymore. Every five minutes, a buzzer would go off and it would go, eh, eh, eh. And then the zombie's chain would get one foot longer. And so at, to the point to where the zombie, after 60 minutes, would be able to touch every part of the room. So... Now that we have the, the, the groundwork settled here, when we entered this room, it is the most intense thing I've ever done in my entire life. I've been skydiving, I, I've been cliff diving, I've, been, uh, I, I've done all the roller coasters and all those awesome things, but this thing right here was the most intense thing I've ever done in my life. We entered that room and that clock started and the zombie was not there. And so we're looking around like, where is this thing going to come out of? And, th and not even a few moments in, the zombie busts out of this cabinet. And he pulls this cabinet to the side a little bit. He's trying to win an Oscar. This actor, is he's, he's going all out, right? And I turn to my right, and I'm not going to mention his name, but I see someone that was with us, sitting in the corner in the fetal position. <laughs> and I immediately knew I could not count on him for the next 55 minutes. <laughs> Andrew was done. Oh, I'm sorry.
So as we go throughout the room and we do all these awesome riddles and, and, and game plan and we're avoiding the zombie the whole, whole way around and, are, and we get down to it, we get about 40 seconds left. And as you can imagine, 40 seconds left, the chain is, is all the way out. He can basically touch everything. We're all huddled up in one corner. And someone throws me a key, and, I'm, and I grab the key, and I'm like, what does this go to? Because we've been unlocking things left and right in this room for the last hour, and, like, no one's answering me. And, time, and the, the clock is just ticking. Time is ticking. And, and I'm like, what does this go to? And someone finally uh, yells out, it's the main door. And I grab it, and I try to jimmy the lock, and it's getting down to it, 15 seconds, 14 seconds, and I can't get this key in here, and I'm starting to get worried, like, I'm going to blow this. This is all on me. And I finally unlock the door, and I bust out of there along with everybody else, and we're all screaming, arms are in the air, ah, we had victory, we just won, and then we realize we're in the web, and all these little kids are looking up at us like, what just happened in that room? Victory was ours. I don't think any of us slept that night. Our adrenaline was pumping so much. And the reason I tell you this story is because in order for us to get out of that room, we had to overcome some stuff. We had to overcome some obstacles that were laying before us. We had to overcome some, a zombie and, and, and some locks and some keys and, and different things that we were not prepared for going into that room. That in itself, that escape room, and that's a plug for Saturday. If you're not going, you should go. It's awesome. It's not the zombie one. That in itself is the definition of what a breakthrough is. Merriam-Webster says a breakthrough is an act or instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle. When I prayed about what God wanted me to or wanted to accomplish this youth week, I felt God quicken my heart to tell our youth, and not just the youth, our church, that a breakthrough is heading our way. I'm not sure what obstacle is standing in your way, but I believe a breakthrough is on the horizon. I believe a breakthrough is coming to someone and their finances. I believe a breakthrough is ready to take place in some health problems that we've been dealing with. I believe a breakthrough is about to happen in some of your schools and in your workplaces. I believe a breakthrough is going to come to pass in some of your family issues. It may not look like it in the natural, but I've seen the supernatural God who is getting ready to break some strongholds and barriers in your life. A lot of times we place limitations on God and what he is capable of. It's not because we don't believe God is capable of doing it, but we don't have faith and believe in ourselves. We question why God made us a certain way. Why did God make me look like this? Why did God put these type of talents in my life? Why did God give me this shoe size, right? Why, why did God choose me to do these things? How can I for, be ever to ever fulfill the purpose that God has for my life with my talents, my individual responsibilities, my influence, my skills, this is what we constantly tell ourselves. And let, let me tell you, the young people have to deal with this more than anybody else in the world. The social media atmosphere that we live in is growing insecurity in young people left and right. But I want to tell them something today. 
God has created each and every one of you for a divine purpose. You have exactly what you need for a breakthrough to happen in your life. God has equipped you. God has anointed you. God has empowered and armored you. You were born into the right family, even though you might not like your sibling. You do attend the right school, even though you might not like your teacher. And you have the right leaders in your life that are going to lead you places that you never dreamed of before. God has placed you in this moment for such a time as this. God is not looking for super talented people. That would not give him glory. He is looking for ordinary people who would take off the limits off of him so he can use you in extraordinary ways. Zechariah said it this way, it's not by might, it's not by power, but by the Spirit of God. And if you have the Spirit of God, you have the greatest power that is living within this earth. You have the power to overcome obstacles. You have the power over sin. You have the power over temptation. You have the power over the snare of the enemy, over demonic spirits, over the world's schemes, and then the devil himself. It's time for some of us to allow the Holy Ghost that's within us control our lives and let it battle for us. Amen. amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Why should we let God handle our fight? Well, the reason is because our obstacles, our chains, or strongholds are not fought in the flesh. They're fought in the spirit. Second Corinthians 10 3 says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy, destroy strongholds. The question is, how do we prepare ourselves to fight this spiritual battle? How do we train ourselves to be ready to face the next obstacle? How will we be able to withstand the attack of the enemy when it looks like we're surrounded and when the weapon is stronger than we ever imagined? The answer is, we each have many spiritual weapons laying before us, but there's only one source. See, the people prayed, and Peter was released from prison. Paul and Silas, they sang and they were released from prison. Multiple weapons, multiple spiritual weapons, but only one source. Esther fasted to save the Jewish people. Peter preached to save the Gentiles. Multiple weapons, one source. Moses lifted up his hands to defeat the enemy. David said, I come to you in the name of the Lord to defeat Goliath. The weapons of our warfare are many, but the power of the spiritual arsenal isn't in what we do. It's in whose name we do it in. In Jesus' name, I will prevail. In Jesus' name, I will succeed. In Jesus' name, there is no boundaries. There is no chains that can bind me. In Jesus' name, I will have my breakthrough. Romans 8.31 said, if God is for us, who can be against us? Our God is called the great I am. He is everything we need. If you are sick, he is your healer. If you're struggling, he is your provider. If you're worried, he is your peace. If you're lonely, he is your friend. If you're in trouble, he is your deliverer. And when you consider your God and not your circumstance, God will show up and do amazing things because he's fighting on, on behalf of your battle. 
Throughout the Bible, there are many instances where we find the people of God are faced with a challenge or a barrier that they must break through. Over the next few moments, I want to speak about the story of Jehoshaphat and, and give you a few uh, examples of, uh, of ways to receive your breakthrough. Jehoshaphat was the fourth king uh, of Judah. He was a good guy. The Bible says he was good. There was only about two, of, uh, two kings in Judah that were good. But he found himself in a troubling situation. The Moabites, the Ammonites, the Meonites, all the ites were marching to wage war against Jeho- Jehoshaphat. And when he heard the news, it says in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 3, that he was afraid. See, fear, fear isn't a bad thing. Fear is a natural response for us as humans. When, when, you, when you hear bad news and, and you become afraid, that's not a terrible thing. But what happens next determines what your outcome is going to be. It says in the same verse that Jehoshaphat was afraid and he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast through all of Judah. See, when problems arise, we must set ourselves and bring your situation to the Lord. If I want a breakthrough to happen in my life, I'm not going to miss out on a church service that I have an opportunity to bring it to the Lord. If I want a breakthrough in my life, I'm not going to miss out on a youth service where I have an opportunity to bring it to the Lord. If, I have, if I'm placing it in God's hand, he will fight the battle on behalf of me. See, when Roman was having complications with his heartbeat during his delivery, I didn't hope that the doctors were going to do everything. I didn't depend upon the modern technology. I got on my knees and I prayed for the one who can actually do the breakthrough in my life. If you want a breakthrough to happen in your situation, you must place it in God's hands. Jehoshaphat pulled out a spiritual weapon, a made-up mind. He said, my heart is fixed. My mind is set. If this book is true, if God is real, then he will come through for me. That is how we receive our breakthrough. Jehoshaphat went on to proclaim a fast, which is another spiritual weapon that we have in our arsenal. He gathered all the people and he went to the temple and he prayed. Another spiritual arsenal. For six scriptures, it says he prayed. In verse 12, it says, O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against the great horde that is coming against us. Why are they powerless? Because they are just men. So they need to depend upon God. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are set on you, God. As soon as they were done praying, God answered in verse 15. He said, listen, all of Judah and listen, all of Judah and inhabits, inhabits of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde. For the battle, it is not yours. It is but God's. I've come to tell someone tonight that the army that you're facing, don't be afraid nor dismayed. God has got this. 
your heartache, your trial, your enemy that feels like an army marching against you. The battle, it's not yours. God knew the situation that you were walking into before you stepped foot in that situation. He knew the pain that you would have to endure. He knew the struggle that you were going to have. But he also, had a, a, he also had a way for you to overcome and break through that situation before you even stepped foot in it too. This is how we receive our breakthrough when we let God fight on our fight out our battle. Verse 17 it says, "You will not need to fight this battle. Stand firm, hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf." O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Another way to receive your breakthrough is to stand firm and do not try to force open a door that is closed for a purpose. If God is not allowing you to date that boy or girl, there's a reason for it. If God is trying to influence you to stay away from a couple friends, there's a reason for it. Don't try to bust open barriers and doors that don't need to be open at this time. We see the strategy with the three Hebrew boys. They stood firm and God broke through and showed his glory. Verse 18, it says, Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and his inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. That is another spiritual battle that we can have. The devil hates your worship. The devil hates when you lift up your hands. The devil hates when you give honor and glory to him. Why? Because he was in charge of the music up in heaven. And he knows the power that's behind it. And when you give up your body to say, God, I want to worship you, you are hurting him every single time. When we worship the Lord, it reminds the devil that he has no hold on us. We should exalt his great name every chance that we get. We should magnify the king of kings. See, Hannah worshiped despite her circumstance, and God broke through and gave her a son. You might not be able to dance, but you could still worship. You might, you might not have it all figured out, but you could still praise him because he is good. That is why we receive, and that is how we receive our breakthrough. Verse 19 says, And the Levites and the Kohites, and the Koreaites stood up to praise the Lord and God of Israel with a very loud voice. Not just a loud voice, it says a very loud voice. They began to use their voice as a weapon. If you want to experience a breakthrough, you may need to use your voice against the enemy. See, the children of Israel, they circled around Jericho not just once, but seven times before they used their voice to scream out and God tore down the walls to accept their breakthrough. This is how we receive our breakthrough. Verse 21, it says, And when we had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they, were, as they went before the army and, and say, Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. If God gave you a voice to sing, you should sing. It doesn't matter if it's good enough for the shower or if it's good enough for up here. You should honor God with your voice. 
I can't tell you how many times I started to sing a song and all my fears and all my worries started to disappear. Our God is in control, steadfast, immovable. Paul and Silas sung of his goodness until the ground began to shake and they were broken free. That is how you receive your breakthrough. There are many weapons of warfare that we have at our arsenal. If you would just pick up one and take it and you will have a breakthrough. If we can all stand. I want to ask the youth to come to the front. Go ahead and make your way towards the altar and just gather around the altar. If you feel comfortable and you're not a part of the youth, feel free as well. I believe whatever we pour out in worship, whatever we pour out in praise, whatever we pour out to God, God is going to give us back what we poured out and more. A lot of times, though, we have this imaginary box that we keep a lid on. And this lid, we, we pour out a little bit of worship on Sundays and a little bit of worship uh, on Wednesdays and, and a little bit of prayer throughout the week, but we only give God a little bit of us. We only give God what, he, what, what is required on Sunday mornings when, when the preacher tells you to lift your hands or say amen. We only give what is required when you read your devotion. We only give a little bit of us. Tonight, when I, when I thought about the breakthrough message, my heart was quickened to go to the lady with the alabaster box. She ran to Jesus. She didn't withhold a little bit of her, of her, of her alabaster in there. She didn't just withhold and give a little bit at a time. She broke the box. She said, I'm giving every little bit that I have to you because you gave every little bit of your life for me. When we worship and we worship with all we have, God is going to give you a blessing in return for that worship. Jehoshaphat didn't send out the greatest warriors. He didn't send out the mightiest men that was in his camp. He didn't send out the swords and the spears and all the athletic guys who are ready to go to battle and to war. He didn't send those out. He sent out the singers. He sent out the people who would dance before the Lord. He sent out the worshipers. He sent out the ones who are going to shout with the voice of triumph. He sent out the ones who are going to pray. He sent out the ones who are going to fast. He sent out the ones who are going to do more than they ever thought of. And when they began to sing, and when they began to shout, and when they began to worship and dance, the enemy got so confused that they began to kill each other. They began to take their own lives because of the worship that they were giving to their God. It's not because their voice sounds so pretty. It's not because the lyrics or they had incredible dance moves, but it was because God was fighting the battle for them. 
Listen to me, young person. God has already unlocked doors for you and your school, not just to reach your school on a P7, but to reach your teachers. Listen to me, older young person. God is ready for you to start a Bible study in your workplace. God has already went before you, but he's waiting for you to step through the door and make a difference. He's already set in motion the people that you will reach, the lives that you can influence, the impact that you can have, but he's waiting for your response. As the singers begin to sing, I want to remind you of that. 1 Corinthians 15 says, God has put Satan under our feet. The depression that you've been dealing with is under your feet. The anxiety and the fear that has been binding you for years is under your feet. The health problems, the circumstance that has been holding you back from giving your all to God, it is all under your feet. The temptation that's been weighing you down for far too long, it is under your feet. And if you want to receive the breakthrough in your life, if you want it to happen, it starts with you lifting your hands. It starts with you dancing before the Lord. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, Thanks for listening.